And now, it's time for Mr. College Football and Friends with Tony Barnhart. Greetings and welcome back to Mr. CFB and Friends. I am your host, Tony Barnhart, Mr. College Football, and we are getting ready for the eighth week. Did I just say that? The eighth week of the 2022 season? After a Saturday, we will never forget. Before we get started, though, we want to thank our wonderful sponsor, Mr. John Herson and APA Games, APBA Games, the unquestioned king of quality sports simulation products. You'll find them at APBA.com. So let's bring on the guys, shall we? First, we're going to welcome back brother Tom Lucci, fresh off of his trip to Italy. Ciao, my friend. Yes. What did you learn while you were away? Well, I learned that everybody in uh, in the Amalfi Coast was talking about a possible uh, Mississippi-Tennessee SEC title game. <laughs> well, yeah, a bunch of people in Mississippi have started talking about that right now. They are they are absolutely excited. Mark Blauschen, the Jersey guy. What did you learn from last weekend, Mark? It was a wild one. I think it tells us what we're going to see in the future. I think we could have anyone of seven or eight teams in our first Final Four coming up in November, I think. It's, it's everything's possible. And Herb, Ghoul, the Ghoul standard. What did you learn out there in Big Ten country, Herb? Well, we learned that everybody outside the state of Ohio is getting excited about that Illinois-Michigan championship game. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. We're, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about uh, our men, our man, Brett Bielema at Illinois, at Illinois in just a little bit. I, I tell you what I learned after all the fussing after the Tennessee Alabama game, the fact of the matter is Alabama can achieve all of its goals. All of the goals they have are still out in front of them. Uh, they did, they lost to Texas A&M last year, you'll recall, and then they came back and had the lead in the fourth quarter of the national championship game. So all of Alabama's goals are still out there in what's going to be a wild SEC finish. I promise you that. So that's what we learned. Let's get started on our hot topics. And there's a, a bunch of them. And guys, I want to bring I want to bring this up to you. Tennessee, you saw the end of the game. Incredible rush on the field. Sea of Orange, a hundred thousand dollar fine from the SEC. They've been doing this forever and it's the biggest win in 30 years broke a 15 game losing streak to alabama but let me ask you this what about this rule blau let me let me start with you what about this rule of finding schools when they storm the field fifty thousand dollars for the first offense a hundred thousand dollars for the second offense that's what they did tennessee did the other night if they do it again I don't, I don't know if they got it that big a game, but if they do it again, it's $250,000. What about this rule, Mark Blausch? Well, I think it depends on which school we're talking about. If it's an SEC school, it's like jaywalking. Pay to fine, storm the field, and move on. I mean, if, 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 if it's, you know, uh, North Texas State, then it's a problem. But again, if they storm the field in North Texas State, I mean, how, two police dogs and, 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 uh, you know, and a couple of cops will stop that crowd. So, well... It's, remember, it's, it's an SEC rule. It's not an NCAA rule. It's an SEC rule, and they had to crack down a number of years ago. Here's the thing that I found interesting, guys. They put out like a, for lack of a better term, they put out like a GoFundMe campaign to help pay for the new goalposts, but they set uh, a goal. for. It's only like $20,000 for the goalposts, 
but they set a goal of $150,000. And by the close of business Sunday, they had over $150,000. So I got to ask you, Tom Lucci, it, it, ain't it amazing that people can find the money when they really want to spend something? It's just, it is incredible, but I, I, I don't know. It, to, to me, it, it takes away, if you prohibit that or find them, it takes away what separates college football from NFL football. That never happens in the NFL, obviously. Uh, whether it's because the, the seats are too pricey, the, the fans are a little bit older, uh, security's better. I don't know. It's just, it's different, but uh, it takes away some of the excitement. I, I, I mean, maybe put a cap on it. You're only allowed to rush the field twice every season. That's it. <laughs> you know, no fines. You're allowed, to, and it has to be against the top five team. You right. know, put some qualifiers on it, uh, and then let's go from there. You but get Tony, one let me freebie. Issue with you real quick on that game. Absolutely. Did the, the best college football coach in America screw up the last series by throwing three passes and leaving Tennessee just enough time for that field goal? Uh, I, I will go further than that, Lucci. Uh, and I said this to somebody just earlier today. I haven't said this very many times in my, in my time of doing this. Nick Saban got out coached Saturday. His yeah. team, his team was not well coached 17 penalties getting beat on deep balls when the, when they didn't communicate and all that, they, that team was not very well coached at all. And so the end yeah. game management was not good, Tony. No, it, it wasn't. Good. You I, know, I, if they I, run the ball three times and then try their field goal, Tennessee has no time left. Uh, and they're at the same yard marker. if they don't, if they don't gain any yards. So I'm, I'm sitting there with Maria watching the game. And I said, the, the main, yeah, with this Alabama possession, they want to score and win the game. That's, that's, that's the, up. Right. but number two is whatever you do, do not leave any time on the clock and they did not manage the clock. Well, so I'm in, I am in total agreement with you and Saban's catching some heat and he, he should, his team is playing sloppy. And so, so we shall see. Well, on the other side, on the Tennessee side of things, uh, Herb Gould, you got to have Hendon Hooker somewhere in your top three, right? For the Heisman Trophy, you got to have him, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if they keep doing what they're doing, you know, the the Heisman, as we all know, is a a very, you know, it's it's like hard to get your mind around how somebody wins the Heisman Trophy. But yeah, he's in there. There's no doubt. If if the Tennessee keeps doing what they're doing, I, well, I would. Yeah. Going back to last year, the, the numbers are just ridiculous. Uh, it's like something like 45 touchdowns and two or three interceptions. He had it. He did have his first interception the other night, but as sitting there looking, talking about the Heisman, we're talking about Hendon Hooker. We're talking about Bryce Young. We're talking about CJ Stroud. Blau, I got to ask you about Caleb Williams. Have you seen him enough to know if he's should be on that list or not at USC? Yeah, he can. I mean, he he should be on the list. Uh, but uh, again, we, we do it with a caveat. I mean, as we all know, the Heisman's going to be there's going to be one or lost on, on on championships Saturday and or and those two weekends. I mean, so if, if Caleb Williams comes out against UCLA and, and has you know unbelievable numbers and they come back and they win the Pac-12 championship, then he's on top of the list. And same thing at Tennessee. If Hooker, you know, if they lose a game and he throws two picks. His his career his his campaign is over. That's the way it goes. I mean, it's it's not fair, but that's the way it is. How about another? How about another dark horse here? I mean, if you're talking about if there's a running back, how about this kid Chase Brown at at Illinois? If they go and run the, I mean, I know that um, I see I see Blau smirking because I know this isn't going to happen because it's a quarterback award. 
But look at what this kid's doing. He, he's two back-to-back thousand-yard seasons. And, if you know, Illinois, think about Illinois becoming, you know, and they're, they're in a position now where they're going to be favored in every game except they got a trip to Michigan, and then, you know, the, they won't be favored in the champ game. But if they pulled off a miracle, yep. you know, if voters pay attention, I mean, it, it really, you know, I mean, I guess he'll be the shoe-in for the dope walker is what we're really right. saying. You just you just said the Heisman you know Heisman is the guys at Fox. The guys at Fox if, if 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 Illinois pulls off those upsets and he has big games, the guys the T V guys at Fox, including Urban Meyer and all the other guys, they'll 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 sell it, they'll sell win the Heisman. That's the way it goes. Oh my, oh my. Well let's switch up. I, I wanna ask everybody real quick. Did the Kyle Kyle Willingham's decision to go for two to beat USC Saturday night. That's got to rank as one of the top decisions I've seen in a long, long time. Lucci, let's start. Let's start with you. I mean, the guy is playing a monster game. He scores. He had already made up his mind that he was going for two and wins the football game, forty-three, forty-two. I always love it when it works, Tony. I always love that call when it works. And when and, it doesn't work, you're thing. stupid. You're stupid yeah. and no good if it doesn't work. Yeah, you know the thing is too. If they're going to go to overtime. Uh, whose offense is more likely to dominate in the overtime? I, I mean, that's all USC does. Mm-hmm. You know, they score, they score, they score, they score. You know, so to me, I, I understood the thinking. Like I say, uh, you know, I understand when coaches don't go for it. I understand when they do go for it and they make it, they fail. Uh, it's what, again, uh, you know, this is what they get paid the big bucks for. This is why they do it. They make decisions like that. It turned out to be a good one. If you have the play and you you think you have that play, and you're getting the look that you want, yeah, go for it. I mean, you only got to make three yards, two and a half yards. Well, that is the play. You know, the the other thing you got to remember is the guy who was really liking that was that guy down in Tuscaloosa because USC taking a tumble makes it that much, you know, that that removes one obstacle to Alabama coming back into the playoff with one loss. And we're going to talk about that and some of the, the, a bunch of undefeated teams went down last week guys let's go let's switch over to the coaching carousel real, real quickly we we still have five openings at the power five we still have matt rule who got fired last week from the carolina panthers those guys are still in the mix i'm coming back to this because in a, a minute an interview this week Deion sanders coach prime said yeah i'm gonna look at big time offers why shouldn't i so the question becomes mark blauschen if 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 Deion Sanders wants a big time job, is he going to get a big time job? Yes, he is, and I and I I, th- I think it's hilarious. He announced it on sixty minutes. Yep. <laughs> I mean, he announced the candidacy on sixty minutes, which I mean, every so now he, he, he crosses not only sports but the entire you know news world. So everyone says, well, Deion Sanders is interested, and yes, he has a he has a legitimate chance of getting the job without question. He does. I just think it's going to be fascinating to see who who all gets involved in that. <laughs> and where he, he ends up guys. I want to talk real quickly about the coaching carousel. What, uh, coaches who have underachieved coaches who have overachieved who's un, who has underachieved more Tom Lucci, Brent Venables, Mario Cristobal, Marcus Freeman, or Jimbo Fisher, which of which of that list, which guy has underachieved the most. Oh, that's a tough, I would, I would have to go with Venables only because Oklahoma's plummeted to new lows. I mean, to see Oklahoma lose a game 49 nothing is just mind-boggling to me. Uh, to give up the most points they've ever given up to Kansas State at home, 
mind-boggling to me. Uh, none of those guys have uh, distinguished themselves this year. But again, we keep talking about the Jimbo things. Nothing's going to happen to Jimbo. No, it's you're right. Money. Again, no. we spoke about you have the number one recruiting class in the country. You have to get two years to develop those players. You have well, to. And, and here's the other thing them. about Jimbo, Tom, and we talked about this last week, is that really they didn't beat Alabama, but they were on the two-yard line when the game ended. Okay, they right. could have beaten Alabama. I think that has bought him enough time to get yeah. through this year. Uh, and, that's, and that and the money play. Miami grad, Mark Blauschen, am I being fair to Mario Cristobal by putting him on this list? Absolutely. I mean, and I'm I'm on the leader of the pack. I, I'm not a big Maricus, but I wasn't at Oregon. I, I think he's a good recruiter. But again, I watched that team and, and I saw the games they played. And, uh, you know, maybe they'll come back and they come back and bounce back and somehow can, you know, match to win the ACC West or something like that and get on the winning streak. Okay, we'll give him the credit. But right now, I'm, I'm very much on the fence on him. Yeah, but I, I, heard. I, would still, I would still put Jimbo Fisher at the top of that list because the other guys we were talking about, our first-year guys, and when you're a first-year guy, you get a little more latitude. Yeah. Jimbo Fisher, you know, he, he's recruited top classes, and I don't, I'm just not talking about whether a guy's going to get fired or not, but underachieving, you know, I would, I would say the A&M man is, is he's at the top of my list. Well, Herb, are we being fair to Marcus Freeman when all is said and done, three and three, not one, I guess the best win they've got is against North Carolina. Well, you know, I, I think that, it, you know, it, you have to sort of define your terms. There's no doubt that, you know, the Notre Dame fan base is going to, is getting restless. I mean, they're all talking about it. I wrote about it uh, yesterday or the other day that, you know, they're all sitting there saying, wow, if Brian Kelly's here, we're five and one, you know, when you lose to Marshall and when you lo lose to a, a really weak Stanford team, you're open to criticism, but, Really, I mean, it's their first year, and, you know, he's got a young co offensive coordinator who's taken a lot of heat. Uh, he had an injured injury situation at quarterback, and he wasn't that good to begin with. I mean, I, I think that those people need to have a little patience. Um, but, yeah, there's no question that, you know, they've underachieved, and, and there's a lot of disappointment there, and that pressure is only going to grow. I mean, I, I, I mean you'd want to talk about a must-win when they play UNLV as a 24 or 25 point favorite this weekend, yeah, you're going to, they're going to win this. Everybody, we're going to sit here and say, of course they're going to win that game. But if they lose that game Ooh. and you know, a couple of bumps here and, and a, a fumble there, he could be, you know, we, we haven't really gotten to the depths that they could get to if they don't kind of batten down the hatches. Um. Real quick, let me talk about guys who've overachieved. I'm going to give you a list of three, Lucci. Brett Bielema, six and one. Chip Kelly, six and zero. Oh. Josh Heupel, six and zero. Oh. Who do you, who do you like the most on that list? Oh, I'd have to I'd have to go after what happened last week with Heupel, but uh, yeah, I'm, uh, let's see what Chip Kelly does this weekend when they go to Oregon when he makes his return. You know, to to Oregon. Let's let's see what they do. I, I'm surprised you didn't throw Dino Babers in that list. Dino, well, I could be. We will be proven wrong or right. I I think that six and zero is a little soft. If you I, to, I agree. I, okay, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. But I, I agree 100. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, has done a phenomenal job. Uh, the the problem with them is if you want to say he's overachieved, they're not real sexy the way they play. 
You know, it's just no. not, it's not, especially in this day and age. Uh, didn't they win a game nine, six? Was that their, their score against Iowa Herb? I, I forget. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, they don't, they don't win real sexy, but uh, whereas Tennessee <laughs> is, Tennessee's more of the modern style and the way they win. And, and I think that, that uh, people gravitate more towards that. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go here. Let's, let's go to the playoff picture again. We are still a couple of weeks away from getting the rankings that matter from the selection committee. But last week, we had six undefeated teams go down. Alabama lost, USC lost, Penn State lost, Oklahoma State lost, James Madison lost, and Coastal Carolina lost to Old Dominion. We had 15 undefeated teams last week. Now we're down to nine. All right, let's talk about some of these teams Let's go with the first three. I got in my in my poll. I've got Georgia, uh, the AP poll rather. Georgia, Georgia, Ohio State, and Tennessee. Is that about? I couldn't I, I couldn't drop Georgia out of number one guys because they beat one fifty five to nothing. That didn't seem like a sporting thing to do. But Blau, let's start with your top three. Does that top is it for who's your top three? Yeah, I mean Georgia, Ohio State, and, and then I then I fiddle with. With Clemson and, and Tennessee as number, number as number three, and Michigan was there too, uh, but you know it's 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 worth arguing about. I can make a point for for anybody, but I wouldn't penalize Georgia, and Ohio State wouldn't penalize either. So those they they stayed number. I think the, the question is three and four. I think is a big question. Yeah, I think I think that is the question. Four, five, and six right now, uh, Herb. I've got. AP's got Michigan, Clemson, Alabama, Alabama. That's probably. Uh, about right. Let me ask you this. The Mi Michigan didn't just beat Penn State. They smacked them in the mouth and Penn State didn't want any part of what they were doing. No, that's right. And you know, the thing about Michigan you got to look at is, you know, they, they were voted the Joe Moore offensive line of the year last year. And, and people are saying this offensive line might be better. And uh, their running back, Blake Corum is, is doing a terrific job. And I, I think that the quarterback, JJ McCarthy, he, he's a learn. He's in a learning curve in, in progress. You know, they, they have a huge, huge upside and I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I can't wait to see what's going to happen when they play Ohio state because they've got skill guys and they can play in the trenches. That's a really good team that Harbaugh has got. I, well, yeah. Tony, I think you have a good top three. I would say this. Um, we have nine unbeatens now. I, I bet you we don't have more than two at the end of the year. I mean, you got Syracuse yep. Clemson this week. Uh, UCLA's got to go to Oregon. That's three. You got Michigan, Ohio State are going to play at the end of the year. Tennessee, Georgia have to play. You yep. know, uh, Mississippi has to play Alabama maybe in the SEC and maybe, and maybe an SEC championship. I think we're only going to have two unbeaten teams well, at the end of the year when it's all said and done. I think you're exactly right. And a bunch of these guys are playing each other. It's it's championship Saturday is going to be a very, very interesting Saturday. Now, speaking, speaking of, and Blau, I want to bring you in on this. I, I love to make my friends in the big 10 lose their mind. So this yesterday, I wrote a column that basically, basically I posted it today, basically said there is a scenario. However long there is a scenario where the SEC could get three teams in. And it all comes down to the loser of the Tennessee-Georgia game. The winner of the Georgia-Tennessee game gets to Atlanta and loses to Alabama in Atlanta. Right. They both get in, and then you right. got one SEC team left over at the bottom, and then a number. To, but I did it because I like to drive them crazy. 
now you know the committee as well as anybody wouldn't it really come down to the fact that even if there was a third team in the SEC that deserved to get in, there is no way that committee is going to put three SEC teams in there. I would put almost no way. I mean, uh, circumstances this year can change things. All that's going to happen is for Clemson to lose a game, and then they're gone. The yeah. Pac-12 was basically out already. The Big 12 was, is, is basically out. So now we're talking about the Big, the Big Ten and, and the SEC. Now, if, if, say, Ohio State beats Michigan, Michigan loses, right? Uh and, and and then uh, Illinois then crushes crushes Illinois. Okay, now the committee's got to choose between Michigan and Alabama. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I I would say this though, Mark, you, you forgot one thing. I mean, this year Cincinnati could be TCU, even though they're from a Power Five conference. I mean, they're yeah, still unbeaten. They could right. win that conference and go unbeaten. They could, and, they, and they, they'll they'll get they'll get the group for five, but they're not going to in the Final Four. Mm, I mean, okay. since, uh, no, it was zero. 13, 13 and 0 TCU's out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, I said the big, the big 12. Right. Okay. I forgot about TCU. TCU well, the, the, You're right. The key to the key to the whole concept guys is that there's only two undefeated power five conference champions, the right. sec champion and the big 10 champion, everybody mm -hmm. else has to have a loss. Right. Cause if, if you right. get to championship Saturday and there's only two undefeated teams, right. then anything could happen in spots three and four. Right. I mean, there, right. there, there is no question about that, but here, here's the other thing. And Blau, you know, this, if that were as highly unlikely as that is three teams from the sec, if it did happen, I promise you, Mark Blauschen, we would have a playoff, a 12-team playoff by 2024. It would absolutely, have one, would it not? I, I, I think we're going to have one by the end of the week anyway. Now, I think the committee is, is meeting, is meeting uh, you know, in the next couple of days, and I think they're going to prove 2024. Everyone wants it, just TV. So that's going to, that's going to, that's very possible. I and mean, you're 100% right. If, if we have three SEC teams, they'll, they'll want one next year. They'll, they'll want to expand it next year already. Uh, <laughs> and by, by the way, let's give a little shout out to Mr. Tom Lucci, who in August said one of the teams to watch because of the schedule was the Michigan Wolverines. Yep. He looked at their schedule and said they are a sleeper pick from just looking at their schedule and, and look, look where the, Michigan is. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's switch over. All right, Locksmith, we missed you. Would you say you were four and two last week? How's it yeah, going? Baby steps, Tony. A little bit of a bounce back, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a struggle. Uh, the Michigan thing may have been one of the few things I've gotten right this year. So we'll go through them quickly because I know we don't have much time. So we'll uh, we'll go through this quickly. All right, we'll go through this quickly. All right, how about how about this? Clemson giving thirteen and a half versus yep. Syracuse. You're taking you're taking Clemson and giving love, the points. Love the way Clemson's playing. Starting forget about last week. They gave up uh, you know two window dressing touchdowns. Still covered, um, but they dominated that game. And and we mentioned Syracuse. I'm not convinced yet. A little soft there. Big test for them. First time uh, you know in this kind of environment. I, I see Clemson dominating this game. All right, Cle Oregon giving seven against an undefeated UCLA team. You like Oregon in this game? Yeah, Oregon. Oregon's really done, done a nice job bouncing back from that Georgia loss. They, to me, they look like the best team in, a, in the Pac-12. That's number one. Number two, UCLA's 6-0 record, five home games. Ah. Tough environment. Five home games so far. Five, five home games in a virtually empty stadium, I might add. So we shall see. Oh, now this is interesting. Texas 
given six and a half Oklahoma states at home. You like Texas and I, giving six and a half. I think a, a little bit of a, a letdown for Oklahoma state last week. They thought they had that game won. They lost in double overtime. Uh, and I, I listen, Texas is playing big boy football again. You know, I got to give them, you know, uh, yours is back. They're, they're, they're really rolling on offense. Kind of like the direction they're headed. Not a big Steve Sarkeesian fan, but I'm giving them credit this year because they have really bounced back. Um, it won three in a row, and like I say, I, I think they're starting to get on a roll. Somebody's going to beat TCU in that league. It's going to be Texas. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Now, this is interesting. You like Duke getting nine at Miami. You like Duke in the points at Miami. Duke can score. That's number one. Number two, you know, there's no there's no home field advantage, as the, the Miami graduate could tell you, uh, at 1230 on a Saturday you know, in South Florida, uh, you know, it's going to be an empty stadium. So that's not an issue. And I just don't get the sense that Miami is interested in football this year. Uh, look at last <laughs> week's uh, Virginia Tech game, 20 to 14. It's like they were going through the motions. Don't like anything about the body language or the way that they're playing right now. Wow. Why does your team have bad bo body language? Which has got it right. I, I don't know what the, what's going on. They're, they're, they're interested in, in, and going to the beach or something like that, or I, I don't know what what the deal is. And you know, it's it's whatever whatever Mario Cristobal doing it is in, in getting those guys ready to play. It's it's not working. Well, you can't have team meetings at Joe Stonecrabs. Well, you know, I understand. There's that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, another point you want to put in there is that Mike Elko is doing a really good job at Duke. I mean, yes, I, he is. If, if if I'm an AD, you know, who's thinking about down the road, he would be on my list for guys who are going to be candidates for really good jobs in a year or two. Yep. He's, he's got they're that. Good, good they're getting good quarterback play too, Herb. They really are. They're getting yep. good quarterback play. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, while he struggled at the end, David Cutcliffe built a good program there for yes. somebody to help take care. And Mike Elko is a very good coach. And so that's, that is not a surprise. Ah, Luch, I like this one. Dipping in, dipping in two lane, two yep. lane given seven against memphis what why did you choose this game well i'm trying to stay in sec country without picking sec games because i'm terrible at it okay <laughs> uh I, i've been off me, I've been so me far too off. <laughs> i've been so far off on the sec games this year with the spreads um uh, tulane ranks for the first time since 1998 and you will know who the quarterback was then 1998 i was sean king wasn't it there you go there so, you go back for the first time again another team you know, I was looking at their numbers. Who, who, excuse me, who, but who was the head coach? Who was the head coach? Uh, you got me there. Go ahead. Tommy Bowden. Oh, okay. Yep. But anyway, I, I, you look at their numbers. Uh, again, another team getting great quarterback play. They can score a lot uh, in, the, in the top 25 for the first time since 98. I was looking at their numbers. They have six or seven receivers with 16 or more catches already. I mean, they have some depth at wide receiver. So they can score. Memphis just keeps finding ways to lose. Uh, one more, one more piece of trivia about that Tulane team. Head coached by Tommy Bowden, Sean King, the quarterback. Right. The offensive coordinator was Rich Rodriguez. Ooh. That's why they were. They. That's why they were undefeated. All right. All right. Now, the lock of the week, the locksmith lock of the week. We have been waiting patiently for this one. Purdue. The Boilermakers getting two and a half against Wisconsin. You got to bring Herb in for this. Why is Absolutely. Wisconsin favored? 
I don't, you know, I think it's just, it's just about money. You know, we saw, we've seen that in a lot of places. Why, why was Minnesota favored by a touchdown at Illinois? It's just, they want, as, as we know, you know, the, the bookmakers want half the money on either side. But Herb, they're awful. Yeah, they're all they're terrible. Graham Mertz has not progressed at all. I will and say Abel this: so. having a phenomenal year. They can score like crazy. Purdue. I know they can't stop anybody, but I don't think Graham Mertz can take advantage of that. No, no. I, you know, I. I there's times when I, I think they thought they were getting Fred, and they got Ethel. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but I will say this: that I think that when Wisconsin put in. Uh, Leonard as the interim coach. Right. I think they really wanted him to succeed, and I think they still do. And these kids are going to start playing for him if they have it. I don't know if they have it. You guys are making a real good point. Wisconsin is just not a good football team offensively, and they're demoralized defensively. And Purdue does have a nice offense. I mean, they've got a great, great passing game going. And right. there's some decent defensive guys. The key is whether Purdue makes mistakes. I mean, Purdue would be unbeaten if they didn't make mistakes that are just not characteristic of a team that, that's going to be at that level. But yeah, that'll be well, a fun game. That's going to happen when you throw 60 times a game, though, Herb. They're going to make mistakes. You know, They do throw the ball a lot. They don't run yeah, the ball. They don't know, even tend I mean, to run the ball. But, I mean, they had some really dumb penalties in, 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 in those losses, too. Um, you know, I, I just think that we'll find out about Wisconsin. You know, Jim Leonard could play his way out of a job that they would like to give him. So, you know, we'll see how much that matters in terms of, you know, his players. Well, all those be... reasons I like Purdue. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm, I'm going to touch on a few. I got a, two or three more I want to touch on with you guys. First of all, LSU given a point, one and a half points against Ole Miss at Baton Rouge. Guys, I'm calling it right now. LSU is going to beat Ole Miss straight up okay. it, it's okay. going to happen straight up you don't even need the points uh oh listen lane kiffin has done one of his best jobs ever but i'm telling you you you're when you're watching lsu you can see that team getting better and better and but even though they got waxed by by tennessee i get that they're getting better they're going to win that game straight up herb Gould, minnesota getting four and a half against penn state uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, which you know. Which one? Well, I don't know what happened. That when they took the quarterback off the uh, Tanner Morgan, when they took him off the field the other day, I did not get a vibe that he was going to be back. I, I haven't looked. Maybe you guys have seen something, but you know, Minnesota—they're a really battered team, and, and Penn State—you know—they're they, getting all those questions there about whether they can play with the big boys after that humiliation. I expect Penn State to just do really, really well. They're going to, I think they're going to roll over Minnesota. You don't think Minnesota's going to run the ball against them? Well, but Minnesota Michigan is sure a, did. Minnesota's a <laughs> yeah. battered team, and Penn yeah. State is going to be, they're backed into a corner. I, I just, you know, Minnesota is a team that always tantalizes in the first half, and then they tank in the second half. Still a Manny, Manny Diaz defense, though, Herb. He was terrible at Texas. He's not good at Penn State. He was not a good head coach at Miami. He keeps getting jobs. Tell us how you really feel, Lucci. Come on. Yep. Well, Lay I it out there. That, you know, I mean, this is this is a man up game for Penn State. And Minnesota is they, you know, they're they're pretty battered. I mean, Illinois really just hammered the crap out of them. Now, here, here's a game that really intrigues me. Blau, I want to bring you in on this one. TCU, undefeated TCU. 
given three and a half to Kansas State. Wow, that one that's intriguing. That's an intriguing game. I would stay away from that because I don't I think that's one of those last teams with the ball tie wins the game. And and it could be a, on a fumble or a penalty or something like that. So I, I mean, that, that's an intriguing thing. And Kansas State is definitely capable of winning that game without question. All right, all right. One more. We got to get out of this segment here. Lucci, Cincinnati giving three at SMU. Yeah, and it's it's surprising it's so low because yes, look at the history. Cincinnati has dominated SMU. You know, uh, it was since they've both been in the league. So that surprises me a little bit. I don't know if there. I think there's an injury situation with the Cincinnati's quarterback, so that may be an issue. I don't know what's going on there, but that may be uh, the reason for the low line. All right, that's a nice right. setting, by the way, Tony. You ever been there, SMU? I have not been to their stadium. I hear it's really nice. It's a nice, really nice setting, and Blau's probably been there, yeah. but right in the middle yeah. of the neighborhood, really nice. Very, very nice. Okay, all right, we're, let's end it here, guys. What's the biggest question you have about the fourth Saturday in October? What What are you looking to find out? Look at the schedule, Blau. I'm going to start with you. What do you What do you What's the biggest question going into this weekend for you? Well, Lucci brought it up earlier. I mean, I I, I disagree with Lucci. What a surprise! I I think UCLA can give Oregon a game. I, I think they can win the game. I mean, so uh, this will legitimize UCLA if they beat Oregon. In Oregon, they are a legitimate top four contender. Herb, what about you? What's your biggest question? You know, there's a lot of back to the walls, and, and we talked about them a little bit. I want to see whether Wisconsin can, can, you know, support its interim coach. And also, I'm real interested, you know, UNLV at Notre Dame, it sounds like, you know, it should be a lopsided game, but there's a lot of pressure on Notre Dame at this point. This is kind of like what Nebraska was going through right before Frost got dumped. If that game doesn't go well, and then Brian Kelly goes and does something down in the bayou, you know, that whole Notre Dame family is just going to be, you know, outraged. I think that those are kind of interesting scenarios that I'll be looking to see. Big question for you, Tom Lucci. Uh, how, as we get later in the season, we said, what, week eight, how are these still unbeaten teams going to do? You got uh, Mississippi mm -hmm. at LSU, you got UCLA at Oregon, you got Syracuse Clemson, both unbeaten. Uh, it, this is when things start to get a little tight. Let's see how those unbeaten teams react now. For me, it's whether or not Alabama is going to cover the 31 against Mississippi State. After losing last week, they come home. They play a team that can score points and can score points by throwing the ball deep, I might add, uh, against a team that gave up a bunch of big plays uh, in Tennessee in the secondary. Alabama is going to win the game, but do they cover the 21? Keep an eye out for that one. All right. That about wraps it up. But before we go, we want to again thank our sponsor, APA Games. You can find them at apbagames.com. Please remember our website, TMG College Sports. It's si.com slash college slash TMG. Mark Blauschen's Newsmaker of the Week is there. All of us make our picks. We publish those on Friday. A lot of good stuff there, so check it out. Thanks to our technical staff of David Amaral, Sheila Dufresne, and Maria Barnhart. You keep this ship sailing every week. Have a great week of college football for Mark Blauschen, Herb Gould, and Tom Lucci. This is Tony Barnhart. Thanks for joining us on Mr. CFB and Friends. Be safe and carry on.